0: Oh Greetings Grapple fans, it's time once again for two wrestling fans to look through the back catalogue of pro wrestling and see those matches that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has given five snowflakes or higher out of five. Yes, it's Let Me Tell You Something. I'm your co-host Lorcan Mullen, and with me as always is my co-host...
1: Simon Cross.
0: And Simon, we've got a big old match coming up right now. This is a match that if you read anything about the Wrestling Observer or read any, or if Dave Meltzer were to be asked... Named some of the most significant wrestling matches of all time, this would be right up there. It's June the 20... It's June the 8th?
1: I was going to say.
0: It's at the Budokan Hall in 1990, and it's the great Jumbo Saruta facing off against Mitsuharu Misawa, who only a few weeks ago had been known as Tiger Mask, the second incarnation of the character. So, this is a pivotal moment in All Japan's time. The previous episode, the, the two episodes back, we discussed the classic match they Saruta had with Genichiro Tenru for the Triple Crown. And the rivalry of Tenru and Saruta was defining late 80s All Japan pro wrestling with the strong gaijin talents of Stan Hansen and Terry Gordy. And I believe at this point, possibly Steve Williams. Um, shoring up the the main event spots. But then in a shocking moment, Tenru jumped ship. And I was just reading a bit more into it. It's a bit of an odd one, actually. So basically what happened was he was contracted to an optical technologies company as an ambassador for their brand. And this optical technologies company just happened to start a promotion a few months later.
1: (laughs) Okay, right. So
0: essentially at this point, all Japan has... Three main event Gaijin talents, but only one native talent. They've lost their number two native star in Genichiro Tenru. And so, with that, they've lost like so many main event matches of potential. So, something needed to be done, done fast. And so, what ended up happening is that Missel had always been seen as a top star, but at the time, he'd been given the Tiger Mask gimmick to really push him further, and he'd be. He'd be the sort of junior, up-and-coming star to Giant Baba or Jumbo Tsuruta in tag matches. He would frequently tag with Tsuruta and Baba, but also obviously be the one that took the fall. Right. He'd be having all these important, great matches on the undercard. He obviously had that great feud with Kunyaki Kobayashi that we covered early in the series. One of the first five-star matches, and another match that got Match of the Year in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that year. Although Mounts didn't rate that one five stars. And he'd also just recently had a 20-minute draw with Bret Hart at the big All Japan, New Japan, WWF, Tokyo Dome show shortly after WrestleMania Six, So he was seen as a star, but not yet. But desperate times call for desperate measures. Uh, A month earlier, he's having a match with two members of Jumbo Saruta's stable. And they're being quite bullish towards him. And attacking his mask. And he's just fed up with it essentially being a target on his back. And he insists upon his tag team partner, Toshaki Kawada, to unmask him in the middle of the match, revealing himself to be Mitsuhara Misawa, who they had seen before he got repackaged as Tiger Mask. His his periods as like a young lion. And Misawa just aggressively goes after Samson Fuyuki and uh, Yoshiki Yatsu, who we saw as well in the previous match uh, when he used to be with Choshu. He stayed with All Japan whilst Choshu went back to New Japan. And he wins the match with the German Suplex, and after the match, yells out a challenge towards Jumbo Tsuruta, who we previously thought was a tag team partner or ally with Misawa. Misawa was essentially saying, this is our time, along with his super generation army buddies of Kenta Kabashi and Toshiaki Kawada. And I believe, he may not have joined at this point, but later on Tsuyushi Kikuchi, who we'll see in a few matches in this uh, series. They, it became a power struggle, a generational power struggle. And the two captains are facing off at this point, and it's interesting as well that Saruta at this point has now taken on a new role as sort of the grizzled veteran. And yeah. in this match, I will say this is one of my big notes: Jumbo does a good pissed-off, grumpy old man expression.
1: I know what you mean. He's like, um...
0: "Who is this upstart?"
1: He looks like when the old man who goes into like your local um, working men's club has been told that a pint of mild's gone up 5p.
0: <laughs>
1: He's wearing that face the entire time.
0: Yeah, and they'd had a six-man tag a few uh, weeks before this, which was another significant point in the story, which was that Jumbo basically tried to bully his opponents. He knocked uh, Kabashi and Kawada off the apron, and then Masao just is like, you're not, you're not going to bully us anymore. And he... Fought with Saruta to the Saruta's sort of shock, essentially, and they were really getting into it. And so, this was a big deal of a match. Saruta had actually been the Triple Crown holder at that point, although this wouldn't have been for the title, one would assume. But he lost it three days before this match against Terry Gordy. So, they're at the Budokan Hall. And the plan is you see, the thing about Japanese booking is it's very structured. There is keys, like I said in the previous episode, like when a wrestler pits their murder-death-kill move. It's a sign, like, it's basically almost as big a deal to have to be beaten by that move as it would be to win that match. Yeah. You know? It'd be like if The Undertaker, the only way he could beat you was to hit a tombstone off the top rope or something like that, you know? Um, Or um, seen as super AA. Yeah, yeah, things like that. But then they like, kick out and then tap out to the STL. Yeah. Man, no. woo, 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 woo. Maybe that's kind of a sign of how this form of psychology is kind of maybe been bastardised a little bit. Yeah. Um, both, I guess, essentially by the indie scene and then from the indie scene, the weird into the that mainstream that has it's had in the WWE. Yeah. Like, I, just to go back, like, that's the big, big thing. I didn't really bring it up and I should have saved it for the Kenta Kibashi match. But like, like I said, Kenta Kibashi does the Burning Hammer like eight times in his whole career but he's so indelibly linked with it. Whereas a bunch of like, you know, strong style Kings row fanboys, like the guy, Dan math from the, the hit squad a tag team in early ring of honor. Then he went off into a singles match. That was his finisher. And he hit an, a, a burning hammer in every match. You
1: know, it's not it's, quite the same, is it? You know what I mean? It's like that misunderstanding
0: yeah. of the significance behind the move, rather than just the coolness of the move being why they want to do it.
1: It's like shining wizards. Um, as we were talking with yeah. like Keji Muto, um, After he, like, started busting them out and everyone, like, saw what he was doing, Mm. I imagine the indie scene was awash with them.
0: So, yeah, Masawa hits Saruta with this elbow in this six-man tag match, and Saruta's just shocked by it and essentially spends ages on the floor, um, like, almost like he's been knocked out. And it takes him minutes to recover, and then when he does recover, like we saw, remember when he, like, just grabbed Ricky Choshu off the... uh, apron in that tag match it's like okay shit's going down now motherfucker <laughs> just, i'm just gonna like,
1: murk you
0: fighting you you know all over the place but then Misara actually got the win not by pinning saruta because that's obviously not the the done thing but he does pin fushi who's kind of like he'll be like pinning tomohiro ishii in a match with kazuchika okada you know that's that's where they are in the pecking order of like John's yeah. army and Jumbo's Army is, for the most part, old, older guys like Masafushi, Yoshiki Yatsu, but they do claim one of the other younger wrestlers in Akira Tawe, who is, like, of a frame quite... Like, he's the close thing to an equivalent of Giant Baba. And you can see him on the on the outside. Because, again, one of the things I love about the Japanese matches is very often they will have, like, seconds with them. Like, when yeah. someone makes his entrance, you've got Kawada to his side, like, sort of helping him not be, you know, slapped on the back all over the place by the uh, by the fans. Um, and Kabashi's with him as well. Kabashi was a few years younger as well, so it was kind of like Misawa's one, Kawada's two, Kabashi's three. is the third. In the pecking order there as well. Um, so yeah, Meltzer was actually there, I believe, for this match. And he was saying that basically, like the, the the given thing would be that Misawa would fight, 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 and maybe Saruta would have to hit like his equivalent of like a murder-death-kill move. But Baba just heard the... Masawa chants just starting throughout the day as he was sitting there. Cause that was what Baba loved to do. He loved to sit around the merch table and with a big cigar and just sort of take in the atmosphere whilst it was all just drink special. it all in. Yeah. And he just made the decision and he sent said sent a messenger over to Saruta and say, You're gonna lose tonight to Masawa Saruta's shocked at this. Absolutely shocked. You know, this is like I guess it is kind of like as close as you get to Austin being told he's losing to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but not not of that kind of silliness, but you know it's sort of along those lines. Saruta requested that it be a count-out loss, but like I said, we get into that. Era Baba's that not into that. That just doesn't happen anymore. Baba's given up on that. He thinks clean finishes are the way to go, and he just sent one message: no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not a man of um, many words, is he? Mm. But no, I imagine if if Baba tells you no, well, you've either got to do it or. Pick up your ball and go so, home, so haven't yeah, you? Yeah,
0: this match main evented a, a, a Budokan Hall match show ahead of Terry Gordy and Stan Hansen fighting for the Triple Crown. That was like the semi-final to this match, so this is a big, big deal. Um, and this is like when, when sadly, when Masawa did die in two thousand nine, it's footage from this match that will be in all the news reports because it would be it was like countrywide news. This was a big deal.
1: Yeah.
0: And, like, so I think this is the first time I've seen sort of big, li- like, a light show for the entrances. There's, like, coloured lights going off around. Like, this is as, as glamorous as all Japan gets. It was a
1: bit boxing-like. Yeah, yeah.
0: Know? And and much like, so we get to the match itself. So it's like, Misawa's just like, you're not going to bully me. I'm not going to take this. And Jumbo's yeah. like... And again, it, it helps. I keep going back to this. But the fact that Jumbo is noticeably taller and bigger than Misawa... This does have more of a David and Goliath feel to it oh, yeah. than, than I said the previous Tenru saruta match had. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, J- and Jumbo does dominate early, but they, they kind of make it clear that Jumbo has the power and the experience and the size advantage. and the strength. But he doesn't have the pace. But Misawa has the speed, Misawa has the agility, and maybe Misawa's actually a better wrestler at this point. Although, obviously, Saruta had great wrestling experience. They both did. Uh, yeah. Saruta, like I said, after about 18 months of being an amateur wrestler, finished seventh in his weight division at the Montreal Olympics. Um, Misawa came fifth in the World Championships of Amateur Wrestling for his junior division at the time. So, you know, these are. And that was on the advice of Saruta. Like, he was from 12 years old, he wanted to wrestle for All Japan, and he met Saruta, and Saruta would said, go to school, get an education, and get into amateur wrestling if you really want to do this. So. This is a long-time relationship, you know? So that's when Misawa's 12 years old. So I've come to 15 years later, Misawa's 27, um, uh, Saruta's 39, and it it is a real generational struggle that we've got going on right now. But yeah, so Jumbo dominates early, but then when Misawa sends him to the outside, he fakes him out with his really cool, like, he runs into the ropes and then he flips over and lands on his feet on the apron.
1: And it's then he of, goes
0: through. It's kind of like a variant of the Ric Flair flip, in a way. Uh, but he does it into the ropes as opposed to into the corner.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like more... I don't know, like more like just a controlled one rather than Flair's wild flip.
0: Yeah, it's got a great gymnastic sort of... Um, consist, Very good body control. Uh, it's very smooth, like Eddie Guerrero couldn't have done Basically, if it moves smooth, if you know like Eddie Guerrero couldn't have done it better than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Misawa then... Get, gets him uh, flips flips it and turns it into a drop kick, uh, and then he hits him with a biscotto. Um And so yeah, that's the thing. Misawa's sort of still leaning on his Tiger Mask Two, more junior heavyweight influence style of high flying moves.
1: Go with what you know.
0: Yeah, and and Jumbo, and he, and and he also is able to out wrestle him on the mat. And it's also when they get into the ropes as well. I love that when they get into the ropes twice, Misawa just slaps Jumbo in the face. A real... Twice, like yeah. in a row. And Jumbo has got that, you little prick.
1: <laughs> I'm going to hurt you, little man.
0: Um, so, yeah, it's just like... it's, And for the most part, then, Jumbo starts to dominate the middle part. He does that.
1: That's the thing. It's not like um someone gets slapped and then they do that, like, back-and-forth hockey-style brawl thing that you get now. No. Jumbo's been affronted. Mm. Jumbo then goes on an absolute tear. Just... Yeah body
0: and in it, And it's, can Misawa keep up? Can he, can he survive this?
1: Can he endure it? Yeah.
0: And like when they, you can tell that they sort of eventually start going into the home straight and it is for the most part, Jumbo just hitting big moves on Misawa and Misawa trying to keep in. Like Misawa goes for his backdrop suplex. Like I've said, it's a very significant move within Japanese yeah. wrestling uh, due to the history of it being the move that Luther's beat uh, Ricky Dozan with. But Misawa did an interesting thing where he essentially kicked from the buckle, and it's like he took the bump, but it's like Saruta wasn't able to control it, so Saruta uh, maybe gets took injured some of Misal's well. weight as well. It was an interesting yeah. way of doing it. like Misal was sacrificing himself, but knowing that it would have done damage to Saruta as well.
1: And he's, oh, it's just a great, it, it's got similarities to the Tenroot match, because yeah. both are men just trying to survive Jumbo Saruta. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's more of a struggle for Massawa than it. Well, this was a struggle for Tenru as well. But it's yeah. like Massawa's. It's
1: more noticeable this time. Yeah, it's yeah. more. There's a, a more of an authenticity to it.
0: The fans want Masawa to win, but they don't think it's believable that he would win. Whereas the yeah. fans knew that Tenru had a chance. You know, it's like fans will want Whole um, City. Well, not Whole City. That's not a good example. But like maybe an FA Cup final. Uh, fans would rather have. Fans would have rather had Aston Villa beat Arsenal.
1: Yeah, but they would have when...
0: really rather like Wimbledon beat Liverpool. One seems yeah. more likely than the other.
1: And then the one that did happen, they loved it when Wigan yeah. beat Man City.
0: Yes, exactly. That's another good example. Yeah, so it's different levels. Like, like that is what. So it's not like Messi was like an Aston Villa at this point. Well, that's not a good example either. But you know what I mean. It's like he's not. He's not the next. It's not like basically people think that he's gonna have come close this time and he'll come closer and closer in the next few matches until he beats him. But that is
1: not it's the, the case. start of his journey. Yeah. Yeah. In their eyes.
0: So Misawa does get some moves in as well. He hits a German suplex that has the fans going ape shit Uh, it's a a
1: lovely frog splash
0: yes yes i
1: will say that for Misawa. misawa his frog splash is beautiful
0: misawa's not small he's like six foot but he does have that cruiserweight agility yeah he was never as good as sayama and that was one of the criticisms i had of him being the tiger master that inherited sayama but as mitsuhara misawa he looks very impressive and like i said he's smaller than jumbo and so he has to be he has to be more like
1: uh, but he does have that perfect blend because the move before mm-hmm. his successful Frog Splash, he hits like a gut-wrench suplex on uh, yeah. Jumbo Saruta. And Jumbo's a big dude to move.
0: Yeah. And Jumbo tries a top rope move a few times as well. So it's like Jumbo's having to go out of his uh, comfort zone. To He's surprised that Masawa's staying with him, essentially. yeah, I love the spot... Well, this is coming towards the end spot where... Uh, Jumbo whips him across the corner from one corner to the other. We've still got that classic red and uh, red and blue divided dance. I think that's my favorite ring look ever, personally.
1: It's the kind of thing you could see WWE putting in for Survivor Series only, or like yeah, when Yeah, they- I'm surprised Dragicrips. they
0: haven't done that. Or yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea, especially if they do the You know the, the, how they do the Survivor Series match; it makes sense. Um, and, and I do love a different colored mat. Like I like how NXT has the black mats. Yeah. And Ring of Honor did it with the red red and black mats as well. Um, yeah, I'm just a fan of something that's a little different. Although, as a weirdly, on the other end of the scale, I wish that WF would go back to the traditional red, white, and blue top rope, middle rope, bottom rope. That's just my favourite rope colour. I don't know why, but it just is.
1: That could be a generational thing there. Yeah, maybe.
0: Um, but yeah, jump. so I love this bit. It's really coming towards the end now. You can sense it. Misawa's goes for a dive, like a, a diving cross body from the second rope, and Jumbo hits him with an elbow, but it hurts Jumbo as well. Uh, I, can't I didn't
1: have that down as a crossbody because he sort of spins. It's like a corkscrew like or something yeah. like
0: that. Whatever it is, Jumbo's able to block it, but it hurts his arm in the process. And then Jumbo charges at him with his big boots, and Misawa gets out of the way and he gets caught in the ropes, and the crowd are losing their minds at this point. And so they're fighting over a vertical suplex. Jumbo, because he's the bigger guy, is able to get it up, but is the more agile guy, he's able to escape, land on his feet, goes for a back suplex, Jumbo shifts his weight so he lands on Masawa, but then Masawa does that classic roll through on the cradle, and and just like Ric Flair with Ricky Steamboat, just like Ricky Steamboat with Randy Savage, he's able to hold on and get the three count, which surprises Masawa himself, he looks at the ref, he's like, what?
1: That's worked!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay! (laughs) And the crowd just go crazy and he gets lifted on his shoulders. This is like a really significant moment. Like Meltzer, Meltzer describes it like 80% of the people in the crowd crying tears of joy. And this show didn't quite sell out. It was 500 seats short of a sellout. But he said after this, that this is why it's so significant. So this is like an essentially at the start of a passing of the torch. There was a rush to the ticket stands to get tickets to the next show. And for the, the next 33 shows at Budokan Hall, All Japan sold all of them out. And 28 uh. of those 33 uh, shows were headlined by Mitsuhara Misawa.
1: It's essentially where he becomes the man then. Well, he
0: does not he doesn't. Because they still... like they, they, Basically, Misawa and Tsurisa have four matches in total. Singles matches against one another. Um, They have the next two matches. The next one is Triple Crown number 1 Contenders match. Jumbo Saruta beats Masawa. The one after that is a Triple Crown match. Jumbo Saruta successfully defends the title against Masawa. And then the third one was the Champions Carnival. And they wrestled to a 30-minute draw. So essentially, they jumped the gun with this. And they gave the surprise win. But Masawa would be claiming victories. Like, there was a significant... They had a tag team match. I think it might have been the final of the real-world tag tournaments. uh, Which is, like, one of the... four or five most important matches of the year in all Japan at that time, and Masawa made Saruta submit. There's there's real significance to the methods that you beat someone. So essentially yeah. what the payoff would have been down the line, be it in 92, when Masawa wins the triple crown for the first time or whatever, it would have been him beating Saruta in the middle of the ring. Not a surprise. He, over, he beats him fair and square with his finishing move. He doesn't catch him in a yeah. flash cradle. That would have been the story, but the problem was unfortunately, uh, Saruta had an illness that wasn't known at the time, um, and so he disappeared after nineteen In 1992, uh, October, he disappeared from the company for almost a year. Um, uh, he essentially uh, was suffering from, um, an illness. I can't see what it was off the top uh, right now. Um, and, and that really put paid to him as a regular main event or he then just wrestled the rest of his time in various exhibition matches where he would do very little. So so essentially what this would... the, The closest equivalent to this is when Kazuchika Okada shot Tanahashi for the IWGP heavyweight title in their first match when Okada came back. But then Tanahashi won it back and then they came back and forth and back and forth until Okada eventually beat him at Wrestle Kingdom a couple of years ago. And since then, it's been clear that Okada is the upper guy, and when Tanahashi beats him, he's the undertog. When yeah. Can, it's, it's unexpected for him to win going forward. That would have been how it would have been structured. And Saruta and Masao could have been having these sort of matches through to 94, 95, 96, if Saruta had been able to... Be around. Save a terrible illness. And, you know, yeah. you know well, we'll, save, we'll save that until... Because we've got a few more matches with Saruta and Misawa on opposite sides but it will be part of big six man and tag team matches. But yeah, like I said, this is such a significant match. This sets up all Japan for the next decade. This again cements helps to cement this King's Road style of wrestling that is arguably the most influential style of wrestling that we have now that it, it infects a lot of the WWE finished like multiple finishers, you know, long epic matches um yeah, just long, tense, long two counts, build up, build up, build up. Whereas, you know, for the longest time it was the babyface Hulk Hogan taking the, taking the absorbing the punishment, absorbing the punishment, then making the quick comeback and getting the win fairly simple. There's no, you know, you yeah. know like the Hulk Hogan matches. There's no long, you know, they're not doing the Ricky Steen, but Randy Savage, multi- Bret Hart, British Bulldog, multiple two counts from both men at the end. It's Hogan takes beating, Hogan recovers, Hogan wins.
1: Nice and simple.
0: Yeah. So essentially, like that was, WWE would sort of start to incorporate that towards the end, and now you get it like all the time, all the near falls all the time. So, that was that match. Simon, would you give this match five stars?
1: No. Um, I think it started very well, uh, and I think it ended very well. What lets it down, and I get. I, I get why what happened happened in the match. It's just, I think the pacing of uh, Jumbo's beatdown of Misawa is just a little off. And it just took me out of the match. Just that it was little too bit slow. Or... Yeah. Like, I think it was just <clears throat> slightly lacking some, just a little bit of sto- extra storytelling, to be honest. At times it just felt like I'm going to hit a move. I'm going to hit another move. Whereas to me it should be oh, i'm gonna hit a move, okay, he's still moving he's still getting up I'm gonna have to hit another move i'm gonna go for a, i'm gonna go for the pin now, oh okay, he's kicked out now i'm gonna have to like there wasn't that bit of storytelling that okay. much to me
0: well, i'm gonna have to disagree um as much from the historical perspective, I am gonna give this one five stars.
1: Um, and I, and I'm, just the crowd
0: is going so crazy for it, as much as the crowd pushes it to five stars as well as anything and just this really well told story of the young upstart and the grizzled veteran and Jumbo Sarutas, they're both so great in those roles I would agree that maybe as an in-ring action it's not as great as the other ones but I'm gonna take, I, I, I'm i looking at it maybe from a more Im- emotional level and emotionally this was so important to everyone in the match and you got that sense even here that you yeah. So I am. This is going to be my third five-star match of okay. the series so far. But that's enough of that. We will be back, though, in all Japan. But like I said, we won't get any more. Unfortunately, this isn't like Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, or or any other uh, future ones. Where we'll get a series of great matches. They do have two, four, three more matches. I think Meltzer gives them somewhere around the four-and-a-half-star range, four to four-and-a-half stars, whatever that's worth. Um, maybe Saruta was already being affected. But we are going to have... Misawa's Super Generation Army pals of Toshiaki Kawada and Kent Kabashi teaming up against Jumbo Saruta and his Saruta Army team of Akira Tawe and Masanobu Fushi. It's our first six man tag team match of the series, and that one took place on the 19th of January 1991. But until that episode airs, Simon, how can people get in touch with you?
1: Uh, people can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Um, so known for the number of times in this match, I winced as Jumbo Saru as Larry has hit Masawa in the chest and head region.
0: <laughs> yep, my name's Lorcan Mullen, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for armpit, N for nasty. <laughs> Boys. Nice. That's my email address, if you put an at gmail.com at the end of it. If you want to look at me, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Letterboxd, um, all those sort of places. That's where you'll find me. We have a show email address of lmtyspod at gmail.com. My name is Lorcan Mullen.
1: My name's Simon Cross.
0: Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five star time. Until the next time.